Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan. Foreign-owned land continues to be a hot topic around the country. According to Farmers National Company Senior Vice President Matt Gunderson, the headlines don't match with reality. You know, we don't see it uh, from our perspective um, hardly at all in, in terms of things with that. You know, China has been the headline grabber, of course, on that. If you look at the uh, uh, American uh, Foreign Ownership Database, AFIDA, uh, with things, it comes out. China's 18th on the list. They own 0.7%. Now, it's still some acres, absolutely, with that. You look at uh, what type of, uh, you know, regime is over there, type of a thing, and how they conduct things, and that still is concerning for it, but on, on a big picture across the U.S. agriculture perspective, it's still small, uh, but it's still something that's certainly going to grab some headlines. It still needs to be watched and monitored. Foreign land ownership is often associated with agriculture. But also don't forget about the timber industry and timber and the Canadian timber mills coming across and picking up and buying U.S. timber mills and then picking up acres along the way with it. That's where we're seeing some of that come from. A lot of that is timber acres. Agricultural Economics Insights farmland analyst Randy Dickhout says land prices have not fallen in 2023 as some have expected. Several factors contributing to the stability. Really, I think it's surprising that uh, with higher input costs, lower farm profits this year compared to the last ones, uh, they're still profitable but not as good. Higher interest rates, dot land values might soften a little more, but really what they've done is just stabilized or plateaued in most cases. We're not seeing as many or if any new records except the one in North Dakota sure caught everybody's attention. You know, land values were stronger than probably people expected with all that going on in 23. And that was a lot of the reason was because there's a little less land for sales. And looking ahead, Dickhout says there are indications that the market may come down a bit. The 10-year treasury is at a level that's higher and could go even more above the 5%. So farmland returns or cap rates typically follow pretty closely that 10-year treasury. And so the expectation, you know, was farmland continue to return 2 to 3% or is it going to have to return 5% or some change in the market? So with the uh, lower commodity prices, some of those challenges, input costs are down, but still profitability isn't forecast to be as strong as the past two years or few years there were records. So I think there's some headwinds on farmland values again that I would think would soften them some. Bauer Trading Market Analyst Ben Cash says the grain market is seeing a lot of technical pressure. You know, they're really pushing their short position. Uh, you know, I think we need to watch these charts a little bit. Corn uh, is retesting some contract lows. Soybeans still kind of a mid-range situation there. You know, beans still have a lot of... Um, the most support as far as the S&D table goes, really tight situation there in the U.S. still. We're seeing good crush numbers. Exports are so-so. Um, you know, once again, a lot, a lot just hinges on the South American weather forecast. Uh, the outside markets, re you know, remain a little quiet here today. Uh, dollars up three, crude oil uh, down about 30 cents, 30 to 40 cents right now. So kind of a quiet situation on the macros. Uh, it just seems like a lot of technical indicators are negative here. The livestock market is also seeing technical selling pressure. Looking at the livestock first here, and they've, they've been quite choppy. Started up the day higher, 
went lower, got higher again, and now we're now we're just getting hammered. Uh, looks like a lot of liquidation, margin call uh, situation there. We had a very bad close there on Friday, and it's just kind of snowballing. And that technical momentum it looks like you know moving to the downside here, and um, you know just haven't found any traction. So it's just a liquidating market there for for the cattle. USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending November 23rd showed corn export inspections at 407,000 metric tons, 34% less than the previous week, but 30% more than the same week last year. Soybean inspections at 1.4 million metric tons are 11% less than the previous week, 35% less than a year ago. Wheat export inspections, 276,000 metric tons, are 24% less than the previous week and 3% less than last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections are 25% ahead of last year's pace. Soybean inspections are 11% behind last year. And wheat inspections running 23% less than a year ago. Eggmarket.net market analyst Jacob Burke says traders continue to trade South America's weather forecast. Well, I, th I think the South American weather is the big culprit. I mean, you, you don't typically uh, look at uh, for the a big farmer selling here coming in this week with the markets being where they're at. Uh, you know, most of the harvest is pretty wrapped up. Uh, I, I don't see this being a big commercial move here. Uh, and I, I think that the funds are probably looking at, at the positioning themselves as they're getting into the, you know, looking at the first of the year. So I think you could have some, some technical trade here. I, I, I'm really hoping that this support line, in, in, you know, has some, by, you know, looking at these, these funds to take some short covering uh, level. And that's what, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. But right now it's just continuing to see pressure. Uh, you know, probably maybe some of these funds stacking up, and if we break this support, you know, we might be looking for a new support line down around the you know March 450 level. Thin trade continues to impact livestock. Okay, live cattle uh, showing some strength, and uh, you know this morning, uh, you know, your cash trade uh, obviously has not been following the the, the futures uh, as of late that heavily. Uh, but you know that cold storage report that came out on Wednesday, lightly traded on on Friday. Uh, markets and you know this is just still seeing some follow through in the front months of these feeder cattle. You're seeing some, a lot of spread trade here with what we're you know saw on feed here as of last week. Over the weekend, Brazil received rains from northern Paraná through the southwestern half of Mato Grosso do Sul. It's also rain activity in central and southeastern Mato Grosso, with highs approaching 100 degrees. World Weather Incorporated says most of Brazil did not receive enough rain to counter that evaporation. Rainfall was limited across much of Argentina. Go to the Red River Farm Network's website, rrfn.com. You can sign up for the weekly FarmNet News e-newsletter. You can also download this broadcast, as well as following us on Facebook and Twitter, all at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Wheat Chief Executive Officer Charlie Vogel says Thursday will be his final day serving in that role. The process has begun to find his replacement. Vogel says plans for the Prairie Grains Conference are in place for the event taking place December 13th and 14th at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. John Griffith, who's the Executive Vice President of Ag Business and at CHS Hedging, He's going to be talking ag markets and trends in 2024 and beyond. With everything going on geopolitically, that is sure to be a uh, vibrant conversation and, and presentation. We have one general session, 
from uh, Lance Gunderson, who's from Regen Ag Lab, looking at carbon credits, soil health, and the driver of markets on and off the farm. Uh, really looking at as carbon markets become more prominent, what to look for, what to be cognizant of um, as everyone starts pushing contracts. The popular weather outlook with Daryl Richardson will conclude the general sessions once again. This year's trade show will be expanded, and breakout session schedules will have several options for attendees. We have two packed full breakout sessions, uh, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, uh, with lots of uh, options for people to choose from to, to tailor what fits their, their needs and interests. We have an expanded trade show this year, so the, the always popular vendor trade show is bigger and better than ever. Food's always good and plentiful. That's, uh, that's the main driver for the pre-registration is to be sure we get meal tickets for everyone. It's a, really a, an overarching view of the whole farming system. Pre-registration deadline is tomorrow. National Association of Wheat Growers Vice President of Policy Communication Jake Westland says education continues to be key for the next farm bill. As we move into the new year, we have our, our winter meeting in, in Washington, D.C., which we have every year there. And as part of that, we'll have a Hill Day, right? So we'll continue to bring our growers to Capitol Hill to keep that pressure up, to build on that momentum so that we can hopefully see the uh, committee draft text come forward in the early part of the new year and the committees uh, take action on that and then and then eventually get that passed by each chamber and form a conference committee so that we can see that enacted before the end of this Congress uh, so that we're not, we don't find ourselves in the same position a year from now. Wheat growers continuing to advocate for those NOG policies. A lot of these members have never voted on our farm bill and our number one priority is protecting crop insurance. So continuing just to educate them on the role that that plays as a key uh, farm safety net mechanism focused also on uh, trying to update the statutory reference price uh, for wheat uh, seeking a meaningful increase there and also uh, on the trade promotion programs that our cooperators at U.S. Wheat Associates utilize uh, in their programming that hasn't seen an increase in a long time either and we want to make sure that a long-term farm bill makes those investments in MAP and FMD as well also make sure that the food aid piece retains like the, the commodity aspects of that as well and make so that we can use the wheat that's grown by our producers and as part of the food aid programs. Growth Energy has adopted a new tagline, expanding America's bioeconomy. Growth Energy General Counsel Joe Kakish says this rebrand aims to include more energy sectors besides ethanol. It's not just about corn ethanol, but it's about taking advantage of all parts of the of the plant and making sure that we can contribute to you know our, our advancing a plant-based and bio-based products today and into the future so that's the first kind of real kind of pivot right now for us that we're focusing on uh, but of course there are always you know challenges that are perennial i would say the rfs maintains continued area of focus for us there's a lot of litigation um, in the courts right now that could be presenting a real inflection point for us in 2024 as we look to the dc circuit which is the second highest court and some real challenges to ensuring the integrity of the rfs for the future as we move into this new era uh, of a real uh, climate focus Kakish says right now there is a focus to help their members take advantage of tax incentives under the Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act has now completed its first year and it contains a significant amount of opportunity for our members in our industry to take advantage of tax incentives that really advance the growth of biofuels and meeting our climate challenge. However, 
the way Treasury implements this statute is going to be very important to ensuring that, that every cent and every uh, dollar of incentive that Congress intended to be you know, taken up by this legislation is taken up. So the modeling's got to be right, the incentives got, uh, economic structure's got to be right, and we're, and we're there every day with Treasury and all the other agencies to make sure they hear our voice and understand the full climate benefits that our uh, products provide. This is the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Council, uh, Minnesota Canola Council's annual canola symposium will be held Thursday at the Roseau Community Center in Roseau. Canola Council Associate Director John Doctor highlights the event. A great lineup of speakers as usual. Um, we're going to focus on uh, renewable fuels, uh, the research that we gleaned off of the Canola Production Center this past year, canola uh, pest pressure. Uh, we've seen a lot of that this past year, so we're going to have one of the region's experts in uh, flea beetles and pest pressure, Janet Canola from North Dakota State University. Uh, and then we're going to have Brian Voss of Intellifarm of Winnipeg just talking about um, kind of what's been going on in terms of uh, markets and what we can expect in the coming year. The day kicks off with the Canola Spotlight session starting at 9.30. Where we give our sponsors an opportunity to talk about what's, uh, what's new in terms of innovations in their product or service lines as well. Obviously, we're going to be having a meal as well. We're going to, have, uh, we're going to end the day with our Funny Money auction where we give out uh, prizes that are donated by our sponsors. So uh, we've already got uh, a fair amount of people signed up, so we're always looking for more as well. So... Uh, hopefully, if uh, folks in that area have some free time on Thursday, come join us. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis wheat uh, March contracts down 13 and a quarter at 701 and a quarter, May down 13 and a half at 709 and three quarters. Chicago wheat 14 and three quarters lower at 562 and a half. Kansas City down 14 at 597 and a half. March corn six and a half lower at 476. July down seven and a quarter at 496 and a half. Soybeans January contracts a penny higher at 1331 and three quarters. March penny and a quarter higher at 1350. Live cattle. February futures down a dollar eighty-two at one sixty-nine fifteen. April live cattle down two dollars thirty cents at one seventy-one. Feeder cattle January futures down six dollars twelve cents at two thirteen twenty. March feeder cattle down five dollars sixty-seven cents at two seventeen oh two. Lean hogs February down a dollar sixty-seven at sixty-seven twelve. April lean hogs down a dollar fifty-five. This is the Red River Farm Network. <laughs>